Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 266. Wait for it. Wait for it. Go. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host. If he could have a drink with one historical person, it would be Benjamin Franklin, Pat Flynn. Hey guys, what's up? Pat Flynn here. Thank you so much for joining me today. And fun fact, I'm re-recording this intro three times. The first two times I sat down, I felt kind of tired. Like, hmm, like no energy, right? This time I'm standing up and this is a strategy that I always share with people. Hey, if you are lacking energy, especially if you're podcasting or using your voice in any way, just stand up. It changes everything, and hopefully you can feel the energy right now because I'm so excited for this episode. Why? Because we are bringing back a topic that was extremely popular the last time I talked about this, and it's been a a long time, actually, all the way back in episode 99, where I brought on Cliff and Jessica LaRue to talk about something called Amazon FBA. What does FBA stand for? Well, that means fulfilled by Amazon. So essentially, what can happen is if you have a product to sell, like a physical product, you can ship those products in bulk to Amazon, and Amazon will sell them for you, right? You, It's like, sort of like eBay. It's listed on Amazon, but what's really cool is Amazon FBA, well, when a person purchases that product of yours, well, it's already in the warehouse. Uh, you, you ship your items to, the, to you know, wherever Amazon tells you to ship them to, and then when a customer purchases them, well, they handle the fulfillment. They handle the customer customer service, all of it. And all you have to do is kind of just see your payments come through after you've shipped it to them because they are the ones doing the fulfillment. And of course, there's fees that go along with that and whatnot, but you know, <laughs> saves a lot of pain in terms of having to do that yourself. But the thing is, with episode 99 with Jessica and Cliff, they weren't selling products that they were creating themselves. They were selling products that they were finding on the clearance aisles of big box retailers like Target and Walmart Best Buy and others, and reselling those through Amazon, brand new, not not used, and making a profit. Well, how much profit? Well, they were making over a hundred thousand dollars a year in profit. This is a six-figure business doing this, right? It's, uh, it's insane, right? Well, how does it work? Well, there's apps that you use to scan items when you're there, and just if the math checks out, you ship them to Amazon. And of course, there's a lot more to that, but. 
I'm going to take my own advice and say, well, you know what, Pat? If a topic is popular on your site or on your podcast, it's worth bringing back again and and just diving into it even more. So that's exactly what this episode is about today. This is a, a term they call retail arbitrage, you know, going to these places, buying items and reselling them on, a, on Amazon for profit. Uh, why would people buy them? Because people don't have access to them, right? We pay a lot more on Amazon to get it shipped directly to our door and, you know, it saves us time and money. So that's why people do this. But the reason why I wanted to bring this back is because a lot of people have been curious about, okay, well, wh- how can I just get started? What What's something small I could do just to see if I can actually make a little bit of money on my own? So that's why I invited Ryan and Nick from OnlineSellingExperiment.com. They've been doing this for years now. They've helped me through the process because, yeah, I actually wanted to see if this worked. Immediately after this interview, the one that I'm about to play for you, I started doing this thing. And you'll get the steps along the way. And I'll share the results with you after the episode. Uh, but hey, you know what? I'm actually really impressed with how it is. Now, it's not something I'm going to be doing full time or anything like that. But it is actually producing a little bit of a, an additional side income. Now, it's not completely passive unless you were to hire people kind of like what Ryan and Nick do. Uh, they have employees that kind of find these products for them, and then just, it's it's a really cool thing that they've built. Um, I've also asked them questions because since episode 99, uh, a few people have expressed concerns about certain elements of this kind of business and, and warnings and things to look out for. So we, we cover the whole gamut here. So let's just stop listening to me, and we'll start listening to them. So let's uh, just get right into that interview with Ryan and Nick from OnlineSellingExperiment.com. And also, you make sure you stick around to the end because they have a fun challenge for you related to this that has a giveaway that go along with it. So here it is. All right, what's up, SPI? I'm so excited to invite Ryan and Nick from OnlineSellingExperiment.com. Uh, two awesome guys, uh, very humble, very smart, who I've met in person uh, a couple times when I've been to a couple conferences. Uh, Ryan, Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us, Pat. Great to be here. Yeah, super excited. Thanks, Pat. So, Ryan, why don't we start with you really quick. Uh, talk about the origin of Online Selling, ex- uh, selling Experiment and, and what that website really does for people. Yeah, Definitely. So that website was born when I decided to quit my job as a full-time accountant and wanted to pursue making a full-time income selling on, online, um, primarily on Amazon and eBay at the time that I quit my job. So this was back in September of 2013. I was working as an accountant um, at a large accounting firm in downtown Minneapolis. I'd been there for about a year and nine months. And it just really wasn't what I wanted to be doing with my life. Um, it, it was kind of the path that I was on for a long time. And uh, it just was starting to eat at me. And I wanted to try having my own business and doing something a little bit non-traditional and be on my own terms, have some freedom. So I decided to quit that job and try to make income selling online um, on Amazon. And then that site was born as a way to document my journey from the full-time job to selling on Amazon. So for about the first 21 months that I was selling online, I documented income reports similar to as you do on SPI. I borrowed that idea from you, so I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And that allowed people to follow along with my progress um, from starting at basically close to nothing um, and then growing it into something much bigger and kind of having that documented all along the way. So I documented my financial results and then also share different tips and tricks to help other people 
get started on Amazon, help them see results. Uh, so that's that's the two minute version of how that site got started. Cool. Well, thank you for that rundown. Um, you know, we've had a few guests in the past talk about Amazon and FBA, uh, everything from people setting up their own sort of shops versus people selling just products they find, uh, you know, in and around their town and that sort of thing. Um, before we get into the business model and how one might get started with with this, uh, Nick, um, I'd love to know kind of your origin story related to online selling experiments. So when did you come on board and kind of what have you, like, how did that relationship start? Sure. Yeah. I, I met Ryan uh, Grant back in uh, college at Winona State University in Southern Minnesota. Um, we graduated in 2011. Um, and obviously Ryan went and did that accounting position that he was talking about just a minute ago. Um, I went a little bit of a, of a different route. Um, I graduated with a degree in finance um, and went to work for a few investment firms um, in downtown Minneapolis for three or four years. Um, and, and really, you know, I thought that's what I wanted to do. I thought, you know, I wanted to be involved, um, in mutual funds and stocks and all that sort of thing. Um, but I never really found my passion. Um, so I was, I was helping Ryan on the side for about six months. Um, we were doing some textbook stuff at the time it's grown a lot from that, that point. Um, but I was helping him for about six months. Um, I made a career change. Um, after I was, while well, I was still working downtown at that, at one of the investment firms, I changed to a different one. Um, things didn't go so well and I actually got fired uh, from that job. Uh, we didn't see eye to eye, that's for sure. So um, on my, on my way home that evening, I was thinking about, you know, what I've been doing on the side with Ryan and, and kind of, you know, trying something different. Um, I'm pretty risk averse. So this is something that, you know, starting my own business isn't something that I would typically do if I wasn't, kind of pushed in that direction. And this gave me that opportunity to do that. Um, so actually on the way home, I called Ryan and, and asked him if it was something that he would consider. At the time, he was just one person working um, in Northeast Minneapolis. Um, he had just gotten a warehouse. Um, I know it was just, you know, he was working by himself. Um, and I was interested to, to give it a go. He was looking for, I think, someone to come on at that time. Um, so it worked out actually really, really well. Um, and that's kind of the origin story. So a little messy, I guess, but but it worked out. It worked out pretty well. I like it. Nice. Uh, so Ryan, going back to you, tell us even before uh, Nick came on. Kind of, I mean, by the time Nick came on, he said you had a warehouse already. I want I want to rewind all the way back to the first things you started to do. You said you had eBay and were doing things on Amazon. Like, how did you even know where to start, and what kinds of things were you selling at that point? Sure. So. If we z rewind even a little bit further back than when I quit my full-time job, um, back in college, um, me and a couple of friends did basically textbook buybacks from other students. So we would buy textbooks from other students um, and then sell them on Amazon. We'd pay more than the bookstore was offering and then still be able to sell them for something that would allow us to make a profit. So that started just expanding from selling my own books on Amazon to um, selling other people's books as well. So that was the, my first um, experience with Amazon. So I did have a little bit of experience on Amazon prior to even quitting my job. So I had a decent idea that it would work. Um, I wasn't making anywhere near the amount I was making at my job from Amazon. Um, but it was something that I was confident that I could make a go of if I dedicated full-time hours to. So if we jump back forward to September of 2013, when I quit my job and it's just me, I was starting um, pretty much from square one um, and I would buy items in retail stores and thrift stores. So 
in thrift stores, I would mainly buy items for eBay, as that typically is a marketplace that's better for used items and allows you to do, you can sell more random things and make money. Um, and then I would buy items in retail stores to sell on Amazon. So I would literally go out to the stores pretty much every day um, and see what I could find that I could make a profit on. And I kept doing that for about a year um, from about September of 2013 to September of 2014. It was mainly just me. I had Nick was helping me on the side mm -hmm. and then a couple other people would go out to the stores for me and help me buy product. But for the most part, it was me doing all of the buying of the inventory. And then I would ship all of that inventory to Amazon or to customers, depending on which fulfillment method we were using at the time. I got it. Okay. So to be clear, you're purchasing products and then sending them to Amazon. Amazon stores them in their their warehouse. And then when they, uh, when an order is placed, Amazon handles the fulfillment. Is that kind of the basic overview of how the system works? Exactly. Yep. We're using the FBA or the fulfillment by Amazon program. So we ship it there. They take care of the rest. Okay. Now, Nick, answer this question for me. Who is this business model for and who is it not for? I'd love to get an idea from the experts, you guys, to share with everybody else listening, kind of, you know, who might this kind of business model be right for and who, who shouldn't actually be going down this route? Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting question. I think, you know, maybe Ryan could add to this as well, but I, I think, um, you know, who it's right for. I think it's right for people that are willing to, you know, or, or wanting to, I guess I should say, call their own shots, um, you know, create a, a lifestyle business or something that, um, you know, they want freedom of time, schedule, things of that nature. I think that's pretty close to what Ryan was aiming for back in the day as well. Um, so it's, it's for people that are, um, you know, looking for flexibility um, in their lives. I think it's also for people that are, you know, willing to work hard though. Um, you know, it doesn't come super easy, especially in the beginning. So like any, anybody that wants to be a business owner, um, you know, it, it, it requires somebody who's serious, someone who, you know, um, is persistent, um, all of those things that has patience. Um, you know, it's for people that are, that are really looking, um, to succeed. So I, yeah, I think, and people that, you know, this isn't for, I mean, this is, it's really a business, no different than any other business, right? So, if you if you're super risk averse, um, if you're you know if you're nervous about you know not making your mortgage payments or your rent payments, um, if there's you know all sorts of considerations, but it's really no different than I mean this business to me is similar to any other business. It's just you know it's on the back of some of these other platforms like Amazon, Jet, you know, etc. So um, eBay, etc. So yeah, I guess that'd be my two cents on that. I don't know, if, Ryan, you have anything else? I'd just say it's not for someone who's looking to have a 100% passive business from the start. It's not like creating a website where it can create income, whether or not you're involved in the business. Um, it will, you do, you are able to buy the items and then ship them to Amazon and then you're basically done with the process, but it's not to the same point as like a website. So as you have to be willing to put in some work. So I'd say it's not for like the people who are looking to be able to be 100% location independent um, and things like that, where you want just a website. That's not to say there's not, if you're willing to put in the time up front, there's ways you can get it to be so where you're location independent, but you definitely have to put in the, the work on the front end. Now, I'm also thinking, is this something that can be done sort of, quote, behind the scenes instead of building a website and having to be a personality who's pumping content out all the time, who's, you know, interacting with people necessarily, which I know some people are scared of. Would this be a good potential option for them because it can be sort of done 
on one's own time and just by yourself? Definitely. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a great option for anyone that's got those motivations that you just mentioned or that's just looking to get their feet wet and get some business experience. Um, it might It's going to apply in a lot of different ways. You learn a lot about the Amazon process. You learn about the accounting side of things, how the numbers work, making sure that you're investing money in a way that you're going to get a return on your investment. It really applies to a lot of different ways. And just because you start selling on Amazon today doesn't mean it won't lead into something much different uh, in the future. Right. Okay. So Nick, I am interested in going down this route hypothetically, and I want to just make sure that this is something that I am able to do. Um, what kind of investment would I need to make up front in order to just even give this thing a shot? Is this something I have to, you know, dedicate tens of thousands of dollars to to get started? Or can I start on a, on a smaller level? And if so, what would that be? Sure. Yeah, no, I, I think it's something it's definitely not tens of thousands of dollars. Um, I mean, you can get started for, you know, what we what we would recommend is probably something in the two hundred dollar uh, ballpark to spend on on inventory. Um, and that's something that you know, if you if you can purchase two hundred dollars worth of stuff and start to see it sell, this is something that you can start to scale and reinvest the profits back into the business and grow from there. So it actually requires very little capital upfront um, in order to in order to get started. And if you're using credit cards and things of that nature, you can you can you know essentially not have any of the cash today, um, and you can get started. Um, so it's it's definitely you know from a cost perspective. It's a business that you can scale from next to nothing. Okay, and excuse me, Ryan, if I want to start and I have a couple hundred bucks to kind of invest, where would I even start? Do I go literally to the store down the street and just look around? I mean, we've talked about this in previous episodes before, mm -hmm. which can work, but I mean, is there, a, is there a different approach? Is there research involved before even putting that money down somewhere? Yeah, I, t I do think the best way to get started just to get your feet wet and learn more about the process is in retail stores, um, it, at least in local stores or potentially with items you have around the house. And then you can really learn about the process of what it takes to sell on Amazon. You can learn um, how to ship the items to them, what the numbers look like, what the fees look like. And really get an understanding. Um, that's really how we started. And then what that can lead into, just so people have an idea of where that can lead, is now we buy, we have people that go out to retail stores for us and buy. We have relationships with manufacturers and distributors where we buy items in bulk from them. Um, they ship pallets of product to our location. Um, we, we buy products at online websites. So just because it starts at a retail store and that doesn't sound like something that's sexy or even scalable, it's a it's a good way to get into the process and really learn how things work. And then you can branch out from there if you decide after doing a quick test, if that's something that you'd like to pursue further. Now, in terms of uh, Nick, in terms of what to buy, like I could I could go to the store and just I mean, there's a gajillion different things I could I could purchase. Like where where do you go? Like, how do you attract sure. yourself to what? Yeah, I mean, there, so I think. You know, Ryan may have touched on it earlier, but I, I think that, you know, there's a few different places you can definitely get started. Um, you know, some some big name box stores actually are, are some places that you can start. So like Walmart, Toys R Us, Kmart, Target, things of that nature. You can actually go in and I recommend starting in the clearance section um, or clearance um, end caps. And basically you just scan items with the Amazon seller app um, and you can you can start to see. Um, some of the data points that you would need to make a purchase. 
Um, so you can start to see rank, sales rank, which tells you basically, um, it's basically the only metric that Amazon gives you to tell you how fast um, or if you should be able to expect a sale from, from an item. Um, and then also you can evaluate, you can see the price that it's selling for and then compare that against the, the price on the item and determine uh, basically what return on investment you would be you would be getting. So you can start to make um, some decisions very easily in big box stores, basically by just looking at clearance items is probably your best bet when you're first getting started. Uh, but from there, it, you know, it can branch out to other other areas of those stores. And and uh, yeah, I mean, that's a good place to start. OK, so let's let's and then this, you know, I, I actually when we interviewed Jessica and Cliff over, uh, you know, um, over at the selling dot com uh, in episode ninety nine, a lot of people actually did do do that and did very well. But then, you know, I know some people who did that and they were like, oh, OK, that's cool. I made a few bucks here and there, but I don't really see this scaling very much. How mm -hmm. how would you go about? Ryan scaling that uh, and, and at what point should should you do that um, I mean I, I can imagine at first okay you're just storing these things in your own home right but as soon as you start to mm -hmm. see some income the scale the, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong comes from just more <laughs> you know buying right. more and selling more but then of course you start to get into inventory like how do you begin to manage that sort of second phase of the process at that point sure so in terms of how we'll go into how and then touch on when um, so in terms of how to get someone to do this process for you, go out to the stores and buy items for you, the first thing that I would recommend doing is just more or less document exactly what process that you're doing. Um, the reality is, is retail arbitrage or going into retail stores and buying items to resell isn't rocket science. It's a fairly um, simple process. It just you have to have someone who's willing to do it and then learn along the way. But to get started, it's fairly simple. Um, so what I would do is figure out what buying guidelines of you would like to give to someone who would source for you. And what I mean by that is what sales rank are you looking for and what return on investment are you looking for on any item that they scan? And then you tell them based on those metrics, whether they should buy that item, whether they should buy 10 of that item. Um, and then you give them those guidelines and then you also tell them which sections of the store to go into. So whether that's the clearance section at Home Depot or the clearance end caps at Target, you tell them specifically which parts of the store to go to, and then you have them scan all of those items on clearance, and then they use the buying guidelines to be able to purchase um, items that fit what return on investment you are looking for. So mm -hmm. that's how I would get started, and that's that's a model that we use today. And we we use we pay our people. Um, or our team members based on the a percentage of either how much they spend or sometimes we'll do like a fixed dollar amount too. It just depends on what the motivations of the individual are and then we'll base something off of that. And then in terms of when to scale, like when would one make the decision when. to do that? Yeah. Right. Um, so a lot of people, it comes at one of two times, either when you have more money available than you're able to spend on inventory that you have available in the business that you can't spend on your own. Um, that is a great time. Um, the other option, which I prefer, and this is the angle that I've taken, is as soon as you're comfortable with it. Once you know you have a process that works that brings in items that are um, consistently profitable and are good for the business, as soon as you feel comfortable with that, that's the time to bring someone on, assuming you have the cash available. Um, that's the way I like to look at it, because that's the way to scale fastest. Um, and then if you truly look at it, 
from a business perspective and like you're trying to build a business from the beginning, it makes sense to bring someone on as soon as you have a consistent process that gets proven results, as opposed to just maxing out your individual time and then um, bringing someone on from there when you can't handle it yourself. Either option can be work, can work. It's just a matter of knowing whether you want like an income for yourself or if you want to grow a team and figuring out where you want to take the business. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could see this being a really cool thing to maybe just start off with at a small dollar level. And if you have kids, kind of have them be a part of the process. I, I can imagine, you know, my son and I going to the store, even, uh, my daughter too, obviously, um, and just mm -hmm. kind of picking things out and putting it up online and kind of getting excited about when, when sales are made. Uh, it'd be kind of fun to experiment with this again. You know, actually, after the last time we talked about this on the show, I went to Best Buy. And I purchased these headphones that were sports teams uh, branded um, mm -hmm. that were in the clearance aisle for like $19.99. And I used my app, right, the Amazon seller app. And it was um, or I think it was actually a different one back then, but um, mm -hmm. like Profit Bandit or, or something. I don't, I don't remember what it was called. But um, then I put them on Amazon. You know, I had to ship them to them. So it, it did take some manual labor. I think that's another thing that people need to realize about this process is, you know, especially when you're just starting out, you're going to have to ship things out and go to the post office, which does take time and, and, and things like that. Um, but then I, I had a few sales and I, I think I profited like 32 bucks with just an hour's work of doing all that stuff at the same time. So, you know, you can imagine just starting to add zeros in there. Okay, 10 hours of work, $320, you know, and just scale it up from there. Um, and I think it'd be a fun thing to do. The uh, the, the question that comes to mind, though, is, Nick, we'll, we'll give this one to you. Um, sure. And that, that is, you know, in terms of creating this as a real, a, a real business, like I think mentally at some point somebody has to make that decision if they do want to scale that this is, this is like what they're going to do. And how does, how does one get wrap around the fact that this is, you know, turning it from sort of a hobby side thing to, to more of a full-time thing mentally? I think there's a lot of things that go into that question, obviously, like the, yeah. the drive to kind of take time away from other things and put it toward this. And, and also feedback from others who might be kind of noticing that you're making money this way and like how one would respond if somebody said, oh, well, that's, you're not doing a real business. Like, how would you respond to that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's an interesting question. I, I think, like for me, I've just always taken it serious. You know, if you if you take it serious and you want to be, um, you know, if you treat it like it's a like it's a real full time business, then that's what you end up having. Um, I think you know people people like to put labels on things, um, and here we are, you know, Ryan and I building a business, and and there's no two ways about it. Um, you know, I think. You know, it's it's interesting because when we talk about it and we're talking about the clearance section, people think, oh, this is a, this is a small thing. You know, I'll sell a few items, make a few dollars. Um, you know, it does take it does take skill and it does take talent to build it out and, and grow a team and do those types of things. Um, you know, for example, like in, in 20, you know, 2015, 2016, correct me if I'm wrong, right? But we've done, you know, over a million dollars, um, you know, well over a million dollars in sales for uh, the last two years. Um, Each year. Each year, yeah, and it, and it continues to grow every year, um, and and that's because we've treated it, you know, like a full time business. Like I get up every single day and go into work, um, and I'm excited to do it and build it, and I treat it like it's something that that is what it is, um, you know, and and mm -hmm. it it can grow from you know doing the clearance aisle thing to then moving into working directly with manufacturers and and buying products, you know, via a more traditional method in wholesale. Um, and so that's what we do now. So, so we, we, we still do the retail thing, but we purchase, 
you know, products on a much, much, much larger scale with a much higher dollar, uh, you know, cost in, in terms of orders. But um, yeah, I mean, we're, we've scaled it to the point where it's not just the onesie twosie type thing coming in the retail store. It's, it's a full fledged business where we're receiving pallets and, um, you know, having, having semis drop off, you know, um, you know, products, you know, every, every week. Um, so That's crazy. it's, it's what, grown, it's grown a lot. What is your warehouse like? Like how big is it at this point? Right now we have two smaller spaces that we work out of. Um, one, they're both actually right around 725 square feet. We use them as off one's mainly an office area for our team. And then the other is our processing space. So we bring all the items in there and then we'll ship them back out to fulfillment by Amazon warehouses. Um, and then we're also, we're currently in the process of looking for a bigger space. We probably need right around 2,500 to 3000 square feet. And we're hoping to move into that within, well, for sure before the end of 2017. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Um, Nick, going back to you, what's the most exciting thing about this kind of business that, that you've kind of come across or what, why do you love it so much? Uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoy the hunt for products. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I enjoy it a lot. So I think for me, it's it's finding, um, you know, finding and building what used to be just finding and building, you know, products and basically uh, bringing those in now actually building relationships with different, different brands, um, different manufacturers, I think it's just it's just super fun um, to be able to to work on, on a larger scale um, and build out a team. I think it's been super rewarding to to build a business, uh, bring people in, have them buy into the vision um, and, and, you know, help you build something special. Yeah, that's cool. Same question for you, Ryan. Yeah, I think the most exciting thing <clears throat> for me is just being able to put processes in place and know what the outcome is going to be. Um, and if you keep putting the right inputs into the process, you get the right outputs. Um, so we've systematized most everything in the business so that it can be done by different team members. Um, and then one of the one of the things we started about a year and a half ago, too, was doing some consulting for people um, that are looking to sell on Amazon. And we've seen some really good results um, with that. And that's been really exciting, too, to be able to help people build a business and make an income in a way that they weren't able to um, before. So I, that that's the combination of just seeing the processes work and then being able to help people build businesses. Um, those are the most exciting things for me. That's cool. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I mean, I think if I were to go down this path, like the hunt for sure would be pretty, pretty fun and incredible. I mean, I think that's something I've always been interested in. And, that, you know, I, I get my feel for that online searching for things. But I think going in person to somewhere would be cool, especially with the app in hand and just kind of maybe that next product you scan could be the one, you know, that really, really, you know, takes off. Um, but also the just systematizing things. I, I love that. I do have a question. I don't know who would be best to answer this, but it's related to more of the mistakes that people make when they get into this kind of thing. Um, what what are some of those mistakes? Is there are, is there anything to look out for or be aware of, or is it really just like a like a like a perfect business model that kind of you put it into place and everything works out great? Yeah, it's uh, it's not quite that perfect. We might be <laughs> might be painting a little bit too rosy of a picture. Um, but there, yeah, there's definitely some pitfalls for people to be aware of right away. Mm. I think a couple of the big biggest ones that can get you into trouble are either not knowing Amazon's rules. Um, if you break Amazon's rules, they have no mercy. Um, they can they have many they have millions of sellers on their platform. Um, if if you disappear, 
it's not going to hurt their bottom line at all. Um, so reading through and making sure you're following their guidelines, making sure you're listing your products in the proper condition and just following their rules. Um, that's that's a big thing that people sometimes don't understand, especially if they're transitioning from a platform like eBay and then selling on Amazon. The rules are much different on the two platforms. So understanding the rules is a big one. And then another common one that I see is not knowing the numbers on the product. Um, with the information that's out there, um, with the scanning app, the Amazon seller app, that's free for iPhone or Android. Um, it's directly from Amazon. It'll You can look up any item for sale on Amazon with that app, and it's going to show you exactly how much it's going to cost you in fees to sell that item at the current selling prices. So I see a lot of people that buy items and they'll sell it and then they actually lose money and they're not exactly sure why. Um, they, they understand after the fact, but if they would have looked up the... Uh, the selling price of the item, ran it through the fee calculator on the app, and then did a quick calculation to see if they make a profit on the item, um, then they would know if it was profitable or not. So I'd say not knowing the numbers is one of the biggest um, other mistakes that I see early on. Are there any, I mean, obviously there are fees and, you know, Amazon must take a, a chunk of the money uh, as a result of the sales, right? What, mm -hmm. how, like, what, what is that top that they're taking off? And then also, are there any uh, like the one thing that comes to mind is we're, we're shipping them all this stuff. Like they've got, they mm -hmm. have to charge for that as well. Right. And what, what are those fees like? Yeah. So the fees, the fees are semi expensive, um, but they're, they're worth it. So the, the, f they charge commission on the sale. So that's going to get charged whether you're selling via fulfillment by Amazon or if you're shipping it yourself, that's typically between about 10 and 15% of the sales value of the item. And then the fulfillment fees are going to typically be between about four and ten dollars an item, depending on the size and weight of the item. Um, you're also responsible for the shipping costs to get it to get your items to Amazon warehouses. You'll pay storage costs when the items are in Amazon warehouses, and then you pay some other miscellaneous fees. We see on average that fees break out to about twenty-five to thirty percent of our sale prices. So if we sell an item for $100, we're going to pay about $25 to $30 in fees, and then we'll take home um, the remainder. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but the, the key thing with the fees to understand, in my opinion, is it's not so much the fees that matter, it's the net payout that you get from Amazon, the amount you get after the fees. And that number is always known in advance before you purchase an item. So you can always know that how much you're going to get after the fees. So if you make a profit on the amount that's after the fees, then it's still an item worth purchasing, even if Amazon's making what you feel is a crazy amount in fees. So the fees are high, but the opportunity to reach millions of Amazon's customers is um, something that's somewhat unprecedented as well. So I think it's it's worth it. And here, here's a question, um, Nick, for you, and that relates to the mm -hmm. fact that this is being built on another per, an, another platform like Amazon, and it just scare, it's just a little scary, right? Like at any moment in time, Amazon can change the rules, and I know they've done that on with eBay sellers before, and it truly drastically changed people's lives when they've just changed their terms of service or something. Like how how are you guys protecting yourselves, or how would you recommend people getting into this sort of make sure that they don't get the kind of rug pulled out under them if something were to happen or, or, or am I just being crazy thinking about that? No, I mean, that's a real concern. I mean, you know, Amazon can change 
the way they do things overnight um, and they don't always give notice. Uh, most of the time they don't. So um, you have to constantly adapt and adjust. Um, you know, that is something to be to be wary of. Um, in, in general, though, I mean, I mean, we're also branching out to some other some other marketplaces like Jet. Um, you know, we're selling on eBay. So if you have some diversification in terms of marketplaces, mm. you know, that can be interesting um, and, and can help you mitigate some of that risk. Um, but all in all, I mean, you're kind of you're at the mercy of, of Amazon somewhat. Um, but if you if you follow the rules and, and you don't get suspended, <laughs> um, which isn't always guaranteed, um, then, you know, you can usually you know do pretty well. They, they, they do make changes, um, but they're usually things that you may not like at first, but you can you can adjust to. So as long as you're you stay in the game um, and diversify across a few marketplaces, especially when you, you know, build out to to some scale, um, then that can that can really help you. But initially, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about that risk too much um, when you're just getting started because, mm-hmm. you know, doing something there is better than nothing or or being scared to take action in the first place. So taking action and just getting started and then worrying about that when you build out to some scale is, is what I would recommend. Right. Um, Ryan, can one build a brand from doing this or is it essentially just kind of being the middleman the whole time? Or can somebody choose, for example, um, a specific kind of product and build a really good brand that's known for, you know, finding these products for a particular audience or is this more of just kind of uh, take it as you go kind of thing? Yeah, I think you definitely can build a brand. It all depends on your motivations. And just touching on one thing from the question <clears throat> you posed to Nick, mm-hmm. um, but we we kind of view this as an on, we're an online retail business that uses Amazon as a distribution channel um, among several. So we're not 100% tied to Amazon because um, the relationships we have with suppliers will carry over even if we have to switch marketplaces in the future. And if and when that happens, we're open to it. So we try to view ourselves as an online retail business um, as opposed to strictly an Amazon business. We've we've calculated the risks and rewards and believe Amazon is worth putting a lot of eggs into at this point, mm. eggs into that basket. But um, we do try to, um, we know we have options beyond that too. Um, so then touching on building a brand, um, I definitely think you can do that too. Um, it's a little bit challenging, but there's ways. Um, w- like we set up a Shopify site specifically carrying our Amazon products. So then we have, we have somewhere that customers can go directly to buy from us if they'd rather compared to Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, you could make like your seller name on Amazon match the domain name of your website and you could include insert cards with each product that you sell, letting the customer know where the products are coming from. Um, so there's ways you could build a brand. I think it's a challenge um, and figuring out exactly how worth it that is, is something that each person kind of has to analyze because the beauty of Amazon is they they handle all the customer service and they handle getting the customers. And when you do that on your own, it's a different ballgame. So right, right. it's it's possible, um, but it's definitely Amazon designs things in a way that the customers remain theirs. I think that's fair to say. Cool. I love it. And finally, um, you know, if I'm going to go down this route and, and I get really excited about it, like at what point would you recommend somebody sort of because you can do this as a sole proprietor, right? Like you can just literally do this right now without having to set up a business. But is it worth considering setting up a separate, you know, LLC or an S corp or, or or some sort of separate thing that kind of protects you and your personal assets? Like, at what point would you recommend people kind of get into that sort of level? 
Yeah, I'd say once you know that it's something you want to pursue further, um, like you've done a few shipments to Amazon and you know that you want to try to really make something of it, whether that's making an additional five, $5,000 a year or you really you want to turn it into a million dollar business. Um, once you at that point where you know you want to make it into something more, that's when I'd look into putting the legal protections in place. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you do go that route, like we're set up in an LLC taxed as an S corporation. Um, and that's a, that's an entity structure that makes sense for, for a lot of businesses as it can help mitigate some self-employment taxes if you do it properly. So mm -hmm. I'd definitely get a CPA involved with the process. But as soon as you know that it's a business that you'd like to do, um, then I would get some legal protections in place just to make sure that you're not exposing yourself to any unnecessary liability. And then the, are the purchases just kind of along those lines you were mentioning, you know, CPAs and stuff uh, mm -hmm. and taxes, are, is the purchase of the inventory considered something that could be written off? It depends on your method of accounting. Um, so if you're on, your, on the cash basis of accounting, which basically means things are expensed as soon as you buy them, then it's in theory deducted as soon as you purchase it. If you're on the accrual basis of accounting, then you don't get the deduction until you actually sell the item. Right. Okay, cool. Um, and then Nick, final question. Sorry, I know I said that already, but I, I, yeah. I, I keep thinking of these things because no I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of the <laughs> listeners. And I think after listening to this, like what happened the last time we talked about this, a lot of people are going to be interested and want to try this out. The one question that comes to mind is this, is this, is it too late? Like, is it crowded? Is it going to be very competitive or is this like, how can you speak on that? Or is, or is it, is it open, open doors for everybody right now? Yeah, I, I think it's something that's, it's, it's pretty wide open, um, for people to, to get a taste in, um, you know, s scaling from that point becomes slightly more difficult, but in terms of the, the retail perspective, I think everyone can for sure give it a go, um, and, and, and try it and see if it works for them. Um, you know, not everybody's going to love it. Not everybody's going to, to stick it out either. So, um, you know, there's sellers come and go all the time, uh, every day. So <laughs> I think it's definitely something that's, uh, that everyone can give can give it a try. I mean, it's as simple as going to a, a retail store and uh, seeing if it's for you. Nice. And then, Pat, if we could, um, we have uh, basically just a completely free challenge that we'd like to issue to um, SPI listeners on how they could get started on Amazon in a weekend. And we could just run through the steps really quick, if that's okay with you. Let's do it. I'm, I'm all ears. Okay, cool. So the goal is to just see, the goal of this would be to see for someone trying this out, if selling on Amazon is for you and something you wish to pursue further. So we're going to call it make your first $100 selling on Amazon in a weekend. And your goal is to spend $200 on inventory um, at a retail store. So here's the steps that you need to take. So the first thing is to sign up for an Amazon seller account if you don't already have one. Um, after you have that done, you'll want to download the Amazon seller app. That's a free app directly from Amazon. It's in the available for Android and iPhone. Um, next step is to go to a retail store. We'd recommend like a Walmart, Toys R Us, Home Depot, Lowe's, Meyer, Shopco, Target, Kmart, um, a store like that. A big, a big box store or a, a regional discount type store are great options. Um, then you're going to go into those stores. You're going to grab a cart and you're going to expect success. Um, you, you're going to the cart is maybe trivial, but we tend to find stuff when we're doing this um, and getting the cart is going to be a key part of getting those items out of the store. Then you're going to, once you're in the store, you're going to locate the clearance sections of those stores 
and then you're going to scan those items with the Amazon Seller app. What scanning those items means is you're going to open up the Amazon Seller app. There will be a button with a picture of a camera. You're going to click on that button and you're going to hover your phone camera over the product UPC on any product that's on clearance. So your goal is to scan 250 items um, in one store or potentially multiple stores. But if, if you dedicate about two hours to this, there's a pretty decent chance you'll be able to scan 250 clearance items and then um, be able to purchase some of them. So in terms of which items you're looking to scan, you're looking to scan items that are 50% off or more. So then in terms of knowing which items make sense to purchase, um, you want to buy any item that has a sales rank with a number lower than 250,000 and where the return on investment will be 50% or more. Um, and then you buy six or fewer of each item. Don't buy more than six. That'll keep you diversified and give you a better chance of getting sales. Um, and then the final step after you've purchased the items is to box them up and ship them into Amazon. Um, and then, so we'll be setting up a special page just for SPI listeners to onlinesellingexperiment.com slash SPI. We'll go into a little bit more detail on all of these steps. And then we've got tutorials on how to ship items to Amazon as well. Um, and it, it'll have more details, completely free, no opt-in required. Um, but we'd like to initiate that challenge um, and see if you guys can uh, make an income selling on Amazon. And just to give you um, pretend, uh, some hope about this, or like if you're wondering if this is possible, like me and Nick, just over the over the weekend, we wanted to make sure this was extremely viable. I went to Home Depot, Nick went to Target. We just scanned literally all of the clearance items in these stores. It took us less than an hour total. And we each purchased over $100 in products um, just from that. And these are, these are just stores that happen to be convenient for us. So if you get out there, scan 250 items, um, we're confident that this will lead you to having items that you can resell on Amazon. Nice. And do you go into a little bit about how to list those things and you know so on and so forth? Yep, we've got we'll have a tutorial up there to cool. directly how to list them, how to price them, um, everything that you need to get started, and it's all completely free. All right, I, well, you guys, that was so great because it's definitely step by step. I I wish you know every person who came on the show gave some really actionable advice like that, and I um and I'm in, I'm now encouraged to go and do the, do it myself and be a part of the process. So I will do the experiment along with everybody out there listening, and perhaps I will do it earlier and then be able to report back even before this episode goes live. But I'll, I'll let you guys know. But it is something I want to do. You've laid out the land, and it sounds uh, sounds sounds simple. Uh, but we'll see. I'll I'll give it a shot. And again, thanks, guys, so much for being here. Where, where would people go to get that, um, Ryan? Yeah, <clears throat> awesome that you'd want to, you're interested in trying it out. You can find all of the details on that at onlinesellingexperiment.com slash SPI. Um, and then we, we have got one more little detail there for any, we want to, we, we really want people to test this out and make it as risk-free as possible. So if you're okay with it, Pat, um, for the first 100 people that do this challenge and then post proof, um, in the comments section of this blog post, we will buy them a copy of either will it fly or your next book when it launches. Oh, cool, man. Thanks for that. I didn't know you were going to do that. Um, let's make it the, the next book when it launches. That way we give more people time to kind of do this experiment. And um, yeah, that's so, so maybe the, the, the end date for being able to do this will be by the time the next book comes out. Is that cool? Yeah, that sounds perfect. Um, and we'll, we'll put the details. If, 
of how to enter specifically on onlinesellingexperiment.com slash SPI. Um, again, no, no opt-in required or anything like that. Um, just post in the comments and then we'll, we'll follow up with people to get the shipping details for the book. I love it. Super cool, man. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I got guys again, remember onlinesellingexperiment.com. You can find Ryan and Nick there. I'm super generous with your time. Thank you. Thank you guys today for being awesome. And if there's anything we can do for you, uh, let us know. Sounds good, Pat. Thanks for having us. Okay. Yeah, thanks a lot. Take thanks. care. All right, guys, what'd you think? So, hey, Ryan, Nick, thank you so much for coming on again. You can check them out, onlinesellingexperiment.com. And also, if you want to partake in this challenge and get the information, uh, remember, onlinesellingexperiment.com slash SPI to get the sort of walkthrough thing and how to do it all. Uh, but also leave a comment at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 266. That's where you're going to go to leave your comment and share your results from this challenge. You're going to have a number of months to kind of share this. So keep it in your mind, you know, keep it in your, I don't know, calendar or, or just in the back of your mind to make sure that when you get the results of this experiment to, to post it so you can get, you know, my next book when it comes out for free. Uh, thanks to uh, Ryan and Nick again from onlinesellingexperiment.com. We'll have all the links and stuff at the show notes. But again, that uh, link for you, smartpassiveincome.com slash session two six. Six. Now, I had mentioned at the beginning of this episode that actually I'm doing this right now. I actually was so inspired to just see what this was like after this interview that the same day I went to Target, I had my Amazon seller app already downloaded, and I went to the to the clearance aisles. I actually had a lot of fun. I brought my family with me. I took my son, County uh, along to kind of just show him what I was doing. And he actually was so funny because he was so confused. He was like, first of all, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I had my app and I was scanning things. He's like, do you work here? And I'm like, no, I don't. my son is seven, by the way. Uh, and I was like, no, I'm scanning these so I can see how much they're being sold for on Amazon. And he was like, why would you want to do that? Are we buying these things? And I'm like, no, I don't necessarily need a gravy warmer, but um, it's going for $9.98 and actually it's going for $17 on Amazon. And so he was like, okay, are we buying it? And I said, yeah. And he's like, do we need that? And I said, no. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, well, we're going to sell it on Amazon for more. And he's like, can you do that? Is that legal? He said that. Is that, is that legal? And I said, yeah. And uh, you know, when you think about it, Target or any big box retailer, when they put things on clearance, they just want to get rid of it, right? I mean, that's why they discount the price. They're making room for new stuff. So it's a win for them. It's a win for whoever ends up getting that product uh, after buying it on Amazon, right? Because they've been looking for it and perhaps they didn't have easy access to it, which is why they're buying it. And it's a win for me because I'm getting a profit. So on that one in particular, the uh, the Crock-Pot uh, gravy warmer, if you will, going for $9.98. Uh, it was going for about $17.96, if I remember correctly, on Amazon. Uh, and then minus a couple dollars for fees. You know, I was making, you know, eight bucks profit and I had bought six of them. It was very strange having a cart, actually a second cart, because my wife was there buying stuff that we actually needed. Um, I had a whole full cart, just of random stuff. Uh, I had what else did I have? Uh, Pokemon glassware, or not glassware, but like plastic dishes and stuff. And I bought six of those because that's what they told me to do. Uh, that's what Ryan and Nick told me to do. And actually, to this date, I've already made up the cost of everything I've sold. I haven't. Uh, I, I think I have like $2 profit at the time I'm, I'm recording this. So I'm recording this episode uh, on Sunday, March 26th. I've been doing this just for a few weeks now, and I'm already 
profiting, right? Now, it does take some work, and there's a lot of hidden things that you wouldn't need, that you wouldn't know that you need to spend money on. For example, I bought this little tool to help remove the little clearance stickers out, uh, off the box because you don't want to ship somebody an item that they paid for that shows that somebody bought it for less. Um, I also bought uh, some paper that you use for labeling. Um, there's also other things like storage fees and whatnot that that have to be taken into account. It's $39.99 just to get an Amazon seller account. So, you know, all these little things I discovered along the way, I'll probably end up doing a wrap-up post sometime in the, in, the fe- in the future related to kind of after all the inventory or however much is sold is, is gone and just to show people that it did work. But I, but hey, that's my participation in, participation in this challenge and uh, hopefully you guys will participate too. So again, the link for all of you to go and get the, uh, to, to leave a comment first of all, but also get all the links and stuff where the link for also the instructions on how to do this are at uh, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 266. So I'd spent about 240 bucks on stuff and I'm already about, right there with profit with a lot more inventory left to sell so it works it works and not only that my son he wants to do to, to continue to go with me to do this and find things and actually it's become this sort of like fun treasure hunt because we have this app and it tells us the prices it's it's really cool so anyway a uh, fun thing to do with the kids and um yeah just make sure that you read all the rules and you know listen to all, everything that ryan and uh, nick tell you uh but yeah super cool anyway thank you so much if you do this already also leave a comment. Let us know your results. I know people in the Facebook group uh, who have heard uh, Jessica and Cliff's episode back in episode 99 have shared things and it's inspired other people to do it too. Um, yeah. Anyway, looking forward to seeing you there. Thanks so much. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you next week. And uh, yeah, that's it. You guys rock. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. Hey, by the way, I have one more thing to share with you. My upcoming launch for my course, Smart From Scratch, is coming in June. So if you want to sign up for the waitlist for that before it comes out, please do by going to smartfromscratch.com. It's there to help you if you're just starting out. Maybe this retail arbitrage thing isn't right for you and you really want to build a real online business and validate your idea before you actually get started and begin getting customers uh, even before you have your thing built. This is the program for you. I've taken 400 students through the course and it's getting amazing, amazing results from people. People getting their first customers, people throwing away ideas that they didn't know were terrible, all that kind of stuff. So go ahead and go to smartfromscratch.com, sign up there, and uh, look out for the emails coming out for the launch coming up in June. Thanks, guys. Take care. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure. 
and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.